0: Use everything God gave you. You can do it. Bro, let's go. I know you're better than this. Be everything God made you to be. Don't quit. Don't be useless with possibility. I think today's conversation is really going to provide some guidance for folks who have maybe had some different, you know, life challenges or different things pop up. I don't know if quarantine specific or not, but I wanna anonymously share some of the things that I've been messaged about. I get messaged kind of regularly about a lot of different things, but I got message um, about a couple of things that I think can go together a little bit around identity, around career and things like that. So I wanted to provide some really practical wisdom and all that, but before we get into all of those things, okay? And before I do my chit chat around identity um, and where it sits, you know, if it's who you are, if it's what you do, can we just address the fact that for me at least, it was my first day of back to school with my children still looking at me in the face at nine o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock, 11, they still here, 12, one o'clock, okay. The struggle, the struggle, um, this homeschooling situation is a special one. Okay. She is special. Why? Because I, the balance of it all is very interesting. Okay. So today is also mama Monday on my Instagram page. I always go, uh, I've started in the last couple of weeks to just drop some specific, you know, tips and stuff for my mamas, because I feel like out of all the humors that exist in the world that can, cons- in the United States, that can struggle with balance in life and stuff, it is absolutely mothers. Now, shout out to everyone who's not a mother, but I am just feeling such a draw to women who are mothers and them trying to keep their sanity. If you hear me, I need you to say amen because I feel like the women who are managing, and if they're married too, oh, the balance, the juggling is so real. And so I want to, I believe it would just be really awesome to just keep pouring into the mama. So that's what I want to do. Like on my Mondays after this podcast, I've already put together kind of like some of the things that, that I was doing for first day of school, whatever. All right. You guys know why this podcast is here. I got my faithfuls here. Y'all are amazing on YouTube, on YouTube, On uh, Facebook, we're here to deliver on our vision, to use our God-given gifts, and most importantly, I'm gonna say to build our confidence as we navigate life, all right? Because sometimes we can take hits, and sometimes it is difficult to keep going strong when you've taken a couple hits, and that's why today's topic I think is so important when it comes to handling the things that life throws at us. Okay, now... I was a bit surprised when I saw uh, the response to an Instagram poll I did. So I'm going to ask you folks in the same way. I put out this poll on my Instagram stories and I asked, hey y'all, how many of you guys order groceries? Like you have groceries delivered to you. How many of you do that? So live right here on my Facebook page, MS Priscilla B YouTube page, Respond. Do you order groceries? And if so, where do you order them from? On my Instagram page, the results, it was by far the highest number of responses I had ever received on a poll. And I thought it was interesting that this topic, hey, that this topic would actually strike a nerve with folks for them to actually. You know, you have to feel something to react on social media. Otherwise, you like, they don't want to hear that. I'm just going to keep scrolling. da 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 Right? But, y'all, this was something different. Like, I was like, wow, we really passionate about ordering groceries. I ain't never seen this before in my life. All right, on YouTube, uh, Rochelle says she does get them ordered, and she gets them ordered with, HE, uh, with HEB. Do they deliver? I thought you had to do curbside. All right, Tasha says, only when I've been too sick been too sick to get out of bed <laughs> look that look the struggles of a single woman i understand she says then she'll use instacart i use amazon uh because it's free i just have to tip the person delivering the, the groceries it's kind of one of the things that you get with being a prime member so i do oh they do deliver rochelle says okay y'all I wanted to just kind of ask this question before we jump into the life situations. We're going to talk to you today. Y'all, um, there is so many people that just need their life made easier. Okay. We all have times where it's just, Ooh, today was a struggle just a little bit. Okay. Is there anything that you do in your life that, Helps you to feel like it's under control. Okay. Now, a lot of times, and this is something that I, I'm kind of going a, le- a level deeper into than I did with an audience I was talking to last week and the week before. And I talked about surviving, like feeling like days you feel like you're surviving, you barely making it, and days you feel like, man, I am thriving. And after further thought, I I thought to myself, does control have anything to do with that? Like days that you feel like something got out of control. Is that the day you feel like you're in survival mode? Does control have anything to do with it for you? And I thought about it for me. And I was like, you know what days where I don't feel like I have it together. I think the control thing is real. I do. I do. I do. And I recognize that as a person of faith, that God has told me that I'm supposed to cast my cares and burdens. And I recognize that if I don't do that, I'm going to be carrying around the weight of everything that got out of control. Whether it was, um, I don't know, somebody, some text you got that upset you, a reaction you got from one of your kids, whatever can upset you emotionally. A lot of times it's like, oh, I can't deal with this. Oh. I need to walk away. Why? Because stuff got out of control. Have you ever felt like this? Have you ever felt like this? I definitely have. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? What can I do to make sure that I don't bring all of my heaviness in any given moment into my home? Because I realize I am the steering wheel. I set the atmosphere Yes, I see that. I set the atmosphere. I set the pace, right? The direction I go, everybody normally turns. That's just how we go. They turn with me. It's just how, and I think it's the out of control part, but something that is just so important, I think for us to remember is even, and and I'm transitioning a bit here, but even when we feel like things are out of control, y'all, God is still in control. Can I say this again? Even when you feel like stuff has gotten out of control, God is still in control. I'm thinking about today, first day of school. And when we, I'm trying to get the kids, I wanted them ready even earlier than what they were. And so they had to eat breakfast during their first online session. And for one of them, we didn't even have the place, the link to where they start schooling before they sat down. Like, I'm like, where, where does this kid go? So he's just sitting here. He don't know what to do. The other one, so I'm literally bouncing back and forth from child to child, trying to get them set. And in that time, I'm like, gosh, this feels so out of control. Now, what happens is if I let my emotions start rising too high, I ain't going to care about going to God about nothing because my emotions are running the show. Yes. She said, tell me about it. Absolutely. And so what I had to recognize in that moment was like, you know what? Their first week could be this way. And I had to make sure I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need your help. I'm going to need your help and I'm going to need your help. And I'm not going to resist you when you show up. Can I get an amen? When I feel like you're telling me to take a deep breath, when I feel like you're telling me to slow down, when I feel like you're trying to bring peace into a situation by something funny that happened, I'm not going to resist and hold on to this emotional surge of this out of control moment. Y'all, I literally was able to maintain my joy in a time where I was like, this is out of control. And I was able to also, this is something I find, I'm gonna go to you guys' comments even more, I see that Rochelle. I also found myself removing myself from the chaos, yes. They don't know everything they need to do right now, but that is not directly reflective upon me. So me getting upset about them not having an, a perfect start. What's worse if I react to it in a, in a toxic way or in such an overwhelmingly frustrated way to where now the kids are looking at me and they're more worked up because of how I am existing in that moment. Instead of just waiting patiently till mama gets my thing up and running. They good. So my challenge in this moment is please make sure if at all possible, um, people that we are allowing God in, that we allow him into every space, into every moment. And I know he's given us a way of escape (laughs) to not clown on teachers and yell at (laughs) And whatever else, because he is a God that's faithful. So here's a comment on YouTube. Rochelle says, I just asked God to help me work, respond and do not react or reacting is what she says. Absolutely. So I think um, reacting is a very interesting word because when something happens, you're going to do something. Like, I think it's more of let's try to not make room for toxic reactions. You're going to do something. So when I see my child isn't, doesn't have what he needs, I'm gonna feel, right? I'm gonna feel, and my reaction is gonna be either keep digging until I can help him, or it could be a toxic reaction where I yell like, what is this school doing, right? So I think reactions are inevitable, but I think toxic ones are what we don't want. That's what I would say, that's what I would say, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw this video by Kirk Franklin, Uh, right. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah, she says reacting causes you to work out feelings. Absolutely. But let's try to keep the toxic ones at bay, you know, and if we feel like toxic reactions are constantly what's coming out of us, then we got a big heart check we need to make, right? Because we don't want other people who see us to think that we're saying toxic reactions are okay, because that's how we are. Right. We don't want kids that see us where they're our own nieces, nephews, whoever to feel like this is how you are to be. This is how you respond. This is how you behave. Right. We don't want to model that. Right. At the same time, we don't want to be just like an internal, you know, volcano that's about to erupt all the time because we're suppressing, not addressing. I'm about to write that down. Y'all that's going to preach so good we're suppressing y'all look at me. The preacher me cannot go away. I don't care. And let me tell you what I pull out. I pull out a mechanical pencil. Do you see this? Who's the student in this house, them or me? I'm a student of the Holy Spirit for sure. That will never go away. And I love it. But I saw this video, <laughs> um, by Kirk Franklin. And it was an interesting video cause it was different than what he, um, what he normally does. Typically Kirk Franklin, um, typically Kirk Franklin, you know, he'll say something inspirational every once in a while, but he does some funny things. He does just really, he maintains his social media so well. But he dropped this video a couple of days ago, I believe. And the video he talked about, um, I made a note here, being, okay. And here's a synopsis of what he said. What he said in the video, he's just sitting there talking to the camera. He said, if I were to ask you, who is Denzel Washington? You would say, he's a great actor. And Kirk Franklin said, well, I would say, no, that's what he does, that's not who he is. Then Kirk Franklin went on to say, well, I would if I asked you who was, he said Aretha Franklin, he was dating himself, real serious. <laughs> If I would, if I were to ask you who, um, who is Michelle, Michelle Obama, and you may say, oh, she's a former, you know, wife of the president, or she's a attorney, however you want to frame it. Well, no, that's what she does. That's not who she is. Now, this is a conversation, um, that I've, this is not new, but the part that I wanted to kind of dig in on is the identity piece. Because I believe in this season, um, meaning this year, 2020, and this time, I'm seeing a lot of help wanted signs in fast food restaurants, at grocery stores, places I've never seen help wanted. Are you guys noticing this? There are people, there are companies that are saying come work for us that I've never had to see them put a sign in the front window that says come work for us. And I thought to myself, cause there are some people that I know that are unemployed right now. And I thought to myself, man, I wonder if they would dare take those, take those kind of steps back, maybe then their professional career. So they've gained a significant higher level of skill. Would they dare go work at Chick-fil-A? Would they dare go work? And i thought about, would I do it? Would I go work at a place that I felt like I was overqualified to be. And it made me think about Kirk Franklin's video because I was thinking, okay, do I have a way of thinking of I am what I do? It's not healthy to think I am what I do. It's not because I can't at the same time think I am what I do, I am you know, a sales rep, I am, even though people put you in this box, right? Oh, let me say this. And hopefully I can get back on track. One of the worst questions I think, and it annoys me depending on what setting I'm in, do not ask me what I do. Oh my gosh. Now, if I'm in certain settings, I feel like folks be trying to size you up. And being a person that is black, I feel like the question has come to me to try to determine what type of black I was. Please follow me. This is my own experience. I am free to share this on my own podcast. And I'm just saying, (laughs) yeah. And Cheney said, and what I earn. Yeah. You're trying to see where, where to put me. Why? Because people around me easily could make me feel like I am what I do. And I think if we're not careful, we will start adopting or accepting the mindset that we are what we put our hands to. We are our skills. But I would tell you right now, you are way more than the skills you have learned. Jesus Christ was a carpenter, a holy king, a carpenter. Oh, that's Kirk Franklin, ain't it? No, that's Red Heaven. Okay. He was a carpenter, right? Right. But that is not all, that is not who he was. That's what he did. He was a carpenter. And yes, the words can be a a play on words or whatever. But he, his profession, he was a carpenter for a long time. He wasn't, he went from carpentering to in his thirties. What? I mean, in his thirties, getting into the full extent of purpose of why he was on the planet. Right? Jesus was way more than a carpenter. uh, carpenter, but you know what? While Jesus was doing the work of carpet, carpenter, he was handling his business as carpenter, right? And people could easily assume, just like when he went around and traveled, people were like, oh, "Let me get Facebook together." Okay, when he would go around and travel, people would be like, "Oh, in that dude from Galilee, they'll size you up just by where you're from." Some of us do that. I'm from here, like that is just who I am. I am. From here, I am from, and I'm telling you, there are things that definitely show where we've been. There are things that speak to our experiences, but if you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, I am challenging you in this moment to check where your identity sits. Because when that, if that job ever got snatched away, if you weren't able to drive that car anymore, if you weren't able to this or that, Would you still feel valuable? Would you still feel worthy? Would you? If you ever got fired, would you still feel valuable? Big question. Let me go to these comments. Facebook is trying to give me problems today. So let me make sure I get this in. So at least for the audio, you guys can go back and hear that. So Shamika says, I feel like sometimes they try to do little digs at you to see if it's enough, like if what you do is enough or not. So good, Shamika. So I'm going to call something out because I recall a conversation I had with this person and her sister when I lived in Michigan and uh, they, one of them was getting started professionally. I think one was still in school. You were still in school and I gave one of them the advice. I said, don't tell people how old you are. And she was like, really? Why would you say that? I said, because when you are young in an environment where people are a lot older than you, or if they even have five years on you, people will sometimes begin to discriminate against you in the workplace because you are quote unquote, the youngest one there. And a lot of times it's based on their insecurity about still being in that job or about someone 20 years younger than them with the same job that they have. And I have found in the workplace many times I was the youngest one in my space. And people would literally be looking at me like, How did you get here? Until I got to Google. And then I was married with two kids. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm almost look like the oldest one in the room. And literally, because you got a bunch of 20-year-olds in here and us 30-year-olds, like we like we 50 or something. Like it felt, it was very different, very young culture. But anyway, so she took the advice and it it was, a, I don't know how long after that, a year or so later, she was like, I am so glad I did what you said because they already were treating me special. You know, not great because they start calling you baby, honey, start speaking in derogatory terms towards you because of the threat of your age and you being young and age discrimination is a thing. Ageism, it goes both ways and we don't want to see it. So I agree. Sometimes people will ask you what you do to size you up, you know, in one extreme, are you good enough for me or am I good enough, you know, around you out of their own insecurity, but age plays a part in this too. And that's why even to this day, y'all only this year, have y'all seen me even reference my age at all? I don't ever even say it. I don't tell people because they will decide, you know what, we're the same age and they will now decide that we're supposed to be, do they feel good enough? Or am I good enough? Because we're the same age. So, okay, she has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things, but we're the same age and I only got one. Or I got one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, she only got two. Do you know what I mean? It's not exact numbers, but people really start drawing their identity out of what they think someone at their same numeric age has. And I just don't see anywhere in God's word where he will decide that someone's value is based on an age. When he is specifically called out, even for teenagers, their value being high, you know? All right. Another comment says, uh, Alicia says, I agree or what my, meaning she agrees with people asking you what you do. She says, or what my degrees are in, or if I have degrees at all, annoying. Absolutely. If I'm not being interviewed for a job, you do not need to know what my profession is. Unless you about to try to sell me something. Now, that's the real hustle. If you a salesperson or you a, um, you are an entrepreneur, then it's helpful to know what people do around you because you probably need help. You need a hookup. You need to build relationships. But if you ain't nowhere near that, there's why, sir? Why? You know, some people may genuinely ask to have something in common, but I just see so many times this being asked. Can I share this quick experience? I don't know why I asked. Let me tell y'all. I There's this nail shop, okay, I used to go to. And every time I went to this nail shop, well, at one point they hired somebody new. So this person didn't know me. But every time I went to this nail shop and I sit on a little pedicure chair, I would get the same lady. I don't know how I got this same lady. She was interesting. She was a little rough, you know, but I got this same lady every time. Okay. I'm thinking maybe by the fourth or fifth time I was extremely annoyed. She would ask me, so what do you do? What do you do? And I'm sitting here like, there is no way my nail tech needs to be asking me this question. And then by the time I done told you four or five times, I know you are asking me this because you're not asking questions after that. Oh, well, what type? You know, It's not because you're interested. I to- totally believe that this lady had a, a thing with people of my color. Y'all, y'all could say, no, that's crazy. Yeah, you had to be there. You had to be there. All right. Let's go to the next comment. Ha <laughs> ha. A holy king. That was a song. You are the living word. Yes. Okay. Let's transition to what was um sent to me. And I'm gonna anonymous anonymously share this. Okay. Um, so I got a message the other day, and it is uh literally one of my favorite people from far away. You know, we're not everyday talking. But, um, they sent me a message and they were like, Hey, I like, um, Hey, can you just weigh in on this situation with, you know, one of my family members, they are at a job. And I, this, I want y'all to weigh in on what you would do. Here we go. They are at a job and, um, the job has merged with another company, which was really good because who bought their company that they're at has a a more reputable name, which is cool. But they're like, hey, my family member is at this company right now. And this person is being asked to work in two different departments doing slightly two different jobs. Now, the money that they're making an hour is probably about three or so dollars more than if they hired a brand new person into one or both of these jobs. Right. So it's already a plus that they didn't fire their family member whenever they merged. They kept the family member, but he feels caught in the middle because now this family member is working in one department, which is the one he already had, the job he already had. And now he's technically working in another department. The question that they asked me was around, what should they do? Because I think part of it, and I may have read into it, but what I read into it is, is my family member being taken advantage of? Are they being taken advantage of because they're being asked to do multiple different types of things, not just the one job they were hired for? Now the reason why they would reach out to, so I guess my question to you is what would you do if you were in that situation or what's the first thing that comes to you? Okay. I'm not going to make you go into super deep thought, but I think that if this person hears this podcast, I think they would love to hear some of you guys' perspectives on what you would do if you were in this situation, because let's think about it. They don't want their family member to get fired, right? Right. But at the same time, I think it's, and this is what I, I told them. First of all, the tug of war that this employee feels, their family member feels the tug of war. And let's just call him Johnny. Okay. <laughs> Cause family members getting hard to say. Okay. So they don't want Johnny to get fired. Right. In the end, you don't want Johnny to get caught in the middle of a corporate tug of war. I've seen it happen before. Okay. Now here's the thing. Johnny. <laughs> I can't wait to get your comments. So what I told them is, first of all, Johnny has shown himself to be of high value. How do I know Johnny is high value? Because he is wanted in more than one place. The reason why that company would ask him to, uh, to fill in in another place, out of all the people they could have thought of, even if it's a small operation, they thought this person was capable. So this person is being, is being what they don't realize, maybe, But here's something that's big. I'll say it that way is they are literally developing more skills by doing more than one job. So they've had that one job they were hired for. And that is their, you know, everyday, you know, manual skills that they're using. They're using their hands a lot. Well, the other job they're being asked to do, they are literally stacking that resume fat. Okay, now you guys know, most of you know that I have 15 years of experience in recruiting, human resources, all of the things. So this happens to be an expertise of mine, which is why I think they messaged me. So I would say, um, so there's a couple things happening here. One, the tug of war that this person is experiencing is not between him and the company per se. It's between the company itself. I suggested, I'm like, I need you to watch right now. I need you to watch. Why? Because I need this person to be able to see where the power sits. Is there one manager that has more pull that is getting his word, her word is going way further than the others? Um, who? who where does the power sit? Because what... They don't want what Johnny doesn't want is to feel like that he could just get fired, that he's disposable, right? Now, both jobs, I believe, pay the same. So he's not losing money by doing different skills in different parts of his day. But if his hours get longer, if it's putting a strain on him, then he will need to do something about it. What would you do? What would you do? If you feel like you were asked to do something, do this job and more than um, do two jobs within your day, not a full eight hours with each, you're still leaving at the same time, but you're juggling more than one, what would you do? Would you say something? Well, they already know you're doing it because they've asked you. Company already knows. So what are you going to say? Hey, I noticed I'm being asked to do more. They already know. At some point, he will need to say He needs to uh, track the time of what he's doing. So I would give it a little bit if it's not putting a major strain on his body physically and he's able to still have a healthy home life because um, the job's not stealing from it. I would rack up them skills because if he applies to a job somewhere else, do you know what he could say in an interview with this? Yeah, the company merged and we were shorthanded. They asked me to do a double role, a dual role. Um, and I believe this doesn't happen often at this company. Let me tell you how this shows up in an interview. I'm sorry. I'm getting real excited. Cause y'all know my career, this is my career bag. Y'all let me tell you, um, in an interview, do you know what Johnny could say? Johnny could easily be like, well, uh, there was a hybrid position that they created, um, because of, they had a need in more than one, a team. And so they asked me to split my time between the two jobs, um, I was able to do that effectively for blank for three months, for six months, which um, required me to multitask. I had to train other people. Y'all, what this person is, the position they're being put in in this moment, this shouldn't go on forever, but they are given an opportunity that they are able to help them level up and get paid more and whatever in another organization or in the same job, they're the company they're in right now. So for me, I was like, just watch it for a little while. Okay. They're not ripping you off per hour. They're not ripping you off per hour because we know that if they hire somebody, they'd be making less than you. So they still letting you keep your money, but they are, look, you are getting skills. I tell everyone, whenever I career coach, I'm going to need you to keep a running resume. That means your resume is not dead until you get a new job, whenever you get asked to do a special project, whenever you get selected or you get recognized, you need to just raw form, type that line in your resume, hop into your resume and type that thing in there on that Google Doc and then close the doc and you out. It takes one minute. So then if you ever need to transition jobs, you haven't forgotten the stuff right? You have the examples. And so for this person, I would absolutely be looking at the job description of the new job they were asked. And I would pull some of these things and make sure your look. Okay. Now, if I were coaching them one-on-one and then I'm gonna go to your comments because y'all I'm just pumped up about this. And sometimes folks get in these situations, you don't know what to do. So in this rare occasion, I love y'all for sticking with me as I walk through this. Eventually, if he feels stuck that he couldn't say anything to one space or the other, but he wanted to stop. I would encourage Johnny in a heartbeat to finish his resume out and to apply at different places. You want to know why? Because if he was ever because interviewing for a job does not mean you got it. But if he were to ever get hired on to a different company, a different place. He could easily, once he's made an offer, not hired, offer, he can come back to his company and said, hey, they're offering me blank an hour. You know, with this other company, I really do like it here. But as I mentioned a few months ago, doing both jobs is a bit of a strain. So I didn't want to let you know that I'll likely be putting in my two weeks unless there was something you guys could do. Mm -hmm. That's how you work it. That's how you work it. Do you hear it is leverage when you, and either way he wins, if they change his job and offer him more money where he is awesome. If he accepts a job that he likes, or he gets an offer on something he really likes, he wins, right? So if that company doesn't make a move soon and he wants, and Johnny wants out, it's fire. Why? Cause this is just a hybrid opportunity. It is fire. Okay, Angie says, look, if he got two different jobs, he need two different paychecks. Ha <laughs> ha, I hear you, I hear you. Angie goes on to say, and thank you for sharing um, this out, Angie, uh, on Facebook, Angie says, I do that now on my job and previous employers, it looks good on a resume. It does look good on a resume, but where it gets the most money is when you take it outside of your company. If your company is not, yes, Tasha said it's total leverage. It is because if you don't take it outside of your company, then a lot of times your current company will not value you the same. Right, not that oh, they're doing two jobs, so they're less. Sometimes it is like that. Although, oh, do whatever we ask, they need this job. Let them know your personal situation and know you need that job. A lot of times, they will manage you accordingly. But if you were ever to start applying at different places and actually considering other opportunities, oh, it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. You now have, as Tasha said on YouTube, you now really have leverage. Okay. I have another situation I want to throw um, out at you guys, and it is about being fired. Do you know that one of the top um, things that millionaires, celebrities have in common is that they have all been fired, all been fired at least one time, the most wealthy people in the world have been fired at least one time. Oh, can I tell y'all a random thing about the owner of Facebook? When I worked at Google, um, you're able to look up anybody who's ever applied at the company and see the notes from their interviews and stuff. Y'all, I went um I looked up Mark Zuckerberg. I did. I was like, "Let me see what this and the notes were from the year before Facebook started." And the recruiter who had talked to him, because this was when Google was just starting, and they reached out to Mark Zuckerberg because he was at um, an Ivy League school, right? So they reached out to all the engineers. Come help us build this this national search engine. that's going to be the biggest ever, right? That was the pitch back then. Y'all, y'all, Mark Zuckerberg replied to them and says, hey, I'm starting to build this Facebook thing. So I'm not considering any jobs for anybody else. So the recruiter's like, he's building this Facebook thing. (laughs) And then the dude ended up becoming like the biggest, (laughs) one of the most wealthiest people. I looked at that note and just thought to myself, wow, the way people can underestimate you when they do not understand when you are doing something all the way new, all the way fabulous, all the way that they have just never seen before. Oh, underestimated. They try to get Mark Zuckerberg back later too. Anyway, Y'all, um, fired is a commonality of a lot of millionaires and stuff. Isn't that something, Alicia? I know you're a recruiter. You can respect that, uh, that story. So, um, I'd like to just speak to being fired. I've been fired before. Did I tell you this story? I told it in a different space. Y'all, I was fired once. I had a boss who was putting me in a situation that I wasn't qualified to handle. It was some legal stuff. And I told them, Hey, I feel kind of uncomfortable being in this position because I have not been trained for this. I'm not certified for this, but the, the thing she had asked me to do involved me going out to a remote machinist. I did a remote machinist like facility place. And so she didn't want to go there because the guys were rough you know, dirty, you know, there were no women there. I didn't mind that, you know, remember the hood Memphis and me. I'm like, I I can hang, I can handle myself with them. So sure. But then it got to where they had needs where I was like, I can't help them like as an HR person. Well, she ended up pinning a mishap that happened up there on me. And they decided to let me go. It was one of the most difficult times of all. I was like, oh, I was pregnant. I was like, what? This is horrible. Okay, so I viewed that moment as such a rejection. Oh, it punched me in the gut. Let me tell you why. Like we're talking about earlier with identity and purpose. I had now decided that I was an HR professional. That is who I was. Do you hear me? I am climbing the corporate ladder. I am handling, oh, I am handling my business. I got my own office. I got my own cell phone. I have become it. I have become it. I think it had set in even before that job when after I left Atlanta, uh, worked for Bank of America, they were flying me back and forth to do my job for a while, okay? And I'm like, that. this is just who I am. I had become the job. And when I got fired, it helped me to realize, oh, oh, You are not what you do. I felt God really um, wrap his arms around me because I was just devastated, bawling face, crying, grown up, crying my face off because being fired is rejection. No matter how you look at it, you could have not even liked the job. You could have not even wanted the job. It doesn't matter. If you have been fired, you feel an immense rejection come your way, even if you were on your way out. Like you were like, ugh, I don't want to be here no more. It doesn't matter. They pull the trigger first. That's the situation. Now, what I'm not going to ask y'all if any of y'all ever been fired before, because <laughs> most people would not answer that. But let me say this if you ever um, feel like you might get fired, maybe you're underperforming. And this is advice I don't see on the internet very much is why I feel like I should say it. I have someone close to me who was fired recently. And, um, it was one thing they did that I encouraged them not to do. They did it anyway. It's a family member. So, you know, sometimes they take it or leave it y'all. Um, they knew that they were close to being let go. Like they just weren't able to, to meet certain things. And so I gave them this advice. I was like, look, you got to apply for more jobs like you have to. Okay. The other thing that I mentioned to them is you must, you must, if you know, you don't want to be there anymore, you need to re- put in your two weeks notice first. You need to say it first. And the reason why you need to say it first is because by doing that, they typically are required to pay you out up until the day that your two weeks notice uh, um, notice ends. So if your two weeks ended on August 1st, even if they fired you, when you put in the two weeks notice, they typically have to pay you till August 1st, because that is when you had promised to work until right. Well, this person, um, did not do that they said you know what i'm just going to write on a sheet of paper to my boss and i'm putting him in, in two weeks they did not email it as i had asked them to email it because email is the real paper trail y'all know emailing it is the real paper trail and if you are not going to email it where you have proof and it is in the email of the manager even more than one manager if you have access to that You need to say it first. You pull that trigger. Do not let them fire you You know, it's coming and you ain't doing nothing. You are applying your butt off places. You are collecting references from your current coworkers before you leave. You're especially on LinkedIn. You're like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, Hey, just in case I make a transition, I really would love for you to write a recommendation for me. Right? Because then you getting people to write recommendations while they can still see you. Cause when you walk out that company, you know, folks forget you. They ain't paying you no attention. They don't care nut. I mean, they just keep living life. That's just what happens. So if you are able to get those folks to get your recommendations before you leave, it's perfect. You can have your LinkedIn. If you're in a professional type job, your LinkedIn is fat with people saying this person helped me with this. They're one of the best people I ever worked with. Da-da-da-da. If it's true, right? That's what you do. If it's true, but that's what you do. Right? And then um, you're all set. So I would say even before you're considering leaving the company, you get those LinkedIn recommendations. Say, Hey, I was just working on my profile. You know, we've worked together for a year. I was hoping you could write a recommendation for me and you give them a couple of weeks, right? You give them time. Don't, don't add heat. You know what I mean? But that's what you do. And then you send them the request, right? So definitely if you ever feel like you're going to get fired, email that two weeks notice with the quick, Hopefully you've already started applying for jobs. Hopefully you have already secured that thing. Why? Because you get to set the terms. See, right? The email trail. Y'all better come on over here to YouTube because Facebook is totally struggling still. It still ain't got... Let me show y'all YouTube. Look at Facebook. Trying to reconnect. All tripping. Okay. Um, Because here's the thing. If you are able to... um email them your resignation. It also puts the control back in your hands, meaning you're, you know, when your last day is, so you're able to, um, know when your money's going to end. You're able to do all your, (laughs) yeah, do all your calculating and all of that. Y'all thumbs up while y'all over here on YouTube, but do all your calculating and knowing how your money's going to be set up. Right. Knowing how everything is going to be, because you have said when your last day, instead of them pouncing up out of nowhere, like, look, today, your last day. No, you don't want that. No, you want your money. You don't want your money. Fun tea, Okay. You want your money to be handled well. Right. Um, I have some folks who just had difficulty securing jobs. When I see folks have trouble, um, securing a job, but they've had interviews then likely it's something in the interview that's causing a disconnect for them to get that job. Just kind of in here for a moment. I feel like I should say it for a second. If you um, ever are in a situation where you can't get the interview, then I would challenge the type of resume you're putting out there and if you need to have more than one version, right? This is me talking from that 15 year, you know, honestly, expert experience around resumes and hiring and doing the interviewing. I've had to fire people before. It's not fun all of the things um but yeah get that notice in first so we were talking about um are you what you do are you what you do um can i take this into a church space for a moment i think sometimes even at church you know for those of us who volunteer or serve in a non-profit or a church or whatever it may be ha <laughs> alicia said preach recruiter that is what i am i'm preacher recruiter I don't even know I cannot shake career uh let me not derail because I'm gonna talk to y'all just just as my people in a minute um come on Andrea that's right you use keywords from that job description in your resume hello but you may be applying for more than one job so you want to use the most universal words but okay so here we go um We're talking about being, and I believe in, um, oh, it quit. Look at this, your live video. Like it just quit. It said, we ain't going to try no more. I need one like yesterday. One, what a resume, Andrew, what you're saying you need? All right. So let me keep pushing forward here. So I think sometimes in the church space, um, sometimes people will use what they do in a ministry or in a church to also define who they are. Um, when you hear about even pastors who have committed suicide, um, some of the things that I feel like can push someone there is their identity They has been rocked, right? Uh, whether it's some sin they let in their life and now they realize, oh my gosh, this conflicts with my identity as a pastor. I can't even exist having this bad thing I did because it conflicts with who I am, pastor. And no, that's what you do. It's what you do. I volunteer in my church and do this. Yes, that's what you do, but don't let that become an identity of who you are, even in that space. Just like you'll see moms. Moms are like, yes, and I'm a mom. And yes, being a mom, awesome, okay? But it's still a role you have, but you yourself are more than just the roles you have in life. And even saying that to some personalities, that can be jarring what I just said. Because they're like, what? You know, I've always thought of myself of just being a mom. I've always thought of myself of just being this and being that. And I believe when we start getting out of whack, we start losing ourselves. Let me ask all my um, listeners here, Ah, uh, women is who I see in front of me on YouTube live right now. Have you ever felt like in your life that you lost yourself? Let me tell you and I'm type it in. I have. <laughs> that's all I'm put. okay. I have absolutely felt like I have lost myself before. um for sure. I'm oh my gosh, I am just going through motions. I don't know. Who I am, I don't cannot say I don't know what is happening right now. Okay. And whenever we find ourselves in these moments, I think it's so important that we start to dig a little bit deeper in terms of how we're identifying ourselves. Are we identifying ourselves as a loser? Are we identifying ourselves as um someone who's just failed a lot? Are we identifying ourselves as whatever it may be? Um, be careful about your identity. You are not just what you do. You are so much more than that. All right. We're going to take a bit of a transition in this conversation. I'm going to, um, oh, look at this mark. Okay. Let me go to your comments really quick. Uh, use keywords from the job description on your resume. Yes. That can be very important, especially if you're interviewing or you're applying in the same industry. Angie says, I need a new one. You are, is she, is Andy talking about a resume? I need to know. Okay. She, Shik- uh, Shakira says Mark Zuckerberg heard of you talking about him and turn us off. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg was like, did I hear my name on the internet? Uh, Facebook. Let me get, let me kick her right on. Cause I ain't never seen that screen before. It must've picked up my name, picked it up. Cause y'all know when you talk on the internet at all, it's transcribing your words. Some YouTube is the is the tried and true church. <laughs> Facebook don't want this true. <laughs> Facebook don't want this true. Cheney says this is so on time. I can't wait to watch the reply. The reply to which one? To which one? Cause y'all know it'd be a delay on YouTube. Oh my goodness! Yeah not letting your identity. I'm telling you when I um was in Atlanta, when I was, you know, just serving in my church is what I did. I worked, I served in my church. I led small groups and I was, um, I guess my pastor became, came to know who I was. And so his wife had me like serving with her. So I was like in the kitchen, you know, if we had a, a conference, I'm there till 12, one o'clock in the morning and I am, oh, watch the replay, got it. <laughs> Um, and so I was absolutely, you know, volunteering in like designated or special places. And, um, some of the people that I serve with, you could clearly tell they had, they had developed this identity about it. Like they was like, yeah, cause I'm picked back here and da, da, da. it's what I hate seeing church become. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like, okay. All right. You know, and, then, um, but it definitely showed me, I was like, Mm-mm, this is not, this is not who I am. Like God forbid this whole, you know, all it takes is one scandal and this whole church is then what? Who you, who you beat in? Who use, who use then? Okay. You got to be more than just where you are and what you're even called to do. What you're called to do is awesome, but it's still not who you are. Just like the example Kirk Franklin gave. He was like, you'll say Denzel Washington is a great actor. You, that is not who he is though. This is what he does. Now, let me take a random rabbit trail. I was watching this Kev on stage podcast. The podcast is called. Here's the thing. I watch it here on YouTube. I love all things. Kev on stage material. Even though sometimes I'd be like, oh, stop. Oh, quit. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so I just find that because he loves the same God I love. And I feel like he like pursues God, like still you know, and has these standards around his comedy as clean, but still can be funny. I'm like, buddy, I need to join the Patreon. I tried one time and couldn't, something went wrong. I do it again. So his Patreon, um, where you just support him or whatever, like $5 a month or something. Y'all, he was talking the other day, him and his co-host Angel, were talking about, uh, Denzel Washington's son. Okay. This is what I want to ask y'all Denzel Washington's son. Um, and this is, th- this will be my, my last segment. So Denzel Washington's son stated to some reporter, somebody like that, he stated that he would hide his identity so he could get roles, movie roles on his own. Now, kept on stage and his co-host was literally like, yeah, right, buddy. Like people don't know who you are. When you, your mannerisms, everything is too familiar. We've been looking at your dad act, but since before you were born. Okay, sir, there is no way you can think that actually worked and you got stuff on your own. Do y'all agree with that? Because low key, I was like, I agree. I was like, oh, they know who you is, B. So he would just go by David John instead of David John Washington. He would just go by his first and middle name, I think. I might please. <laughs> it was a nice try though. I think that's nice. You know, it's a nice try. Sure, buddy. Okay. Chaney says, knowing who you are and who you are is still working towards understanding that freedom in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. You belong to God, but God has also given you an identity in him. And that's um, really key. Alicia says, yeah, I have seen that so much in church settings. I'm working with the pastor. Oh, oh my gosh. Look at me. I am the pastor. And I <laughs> I, I don't I don't like I do not it's one of my favorite things for those who are local and who uh go to our church who are listening and watching. It's one of my favorite things about um the Bennett's Minister Ty and her husband Mario. Um everyone does not know them, but let me tell you, they are they recognize who they are in Christ, and they are not tied to or taken ego from. Y'all, it's one of my favorite things about those people. They are faithful to God first. They are not people focused and it is amazing. Alicia says, yeah, I've seen that. Um, And they think they are all of that. Boy, you hand that pastor some water and sit down somewhere. Ah! (laughs) I heard a lot of celebrity kids do that. Try and hide their identity. Yeah, like they want to get it, get things on their own. And I understand that understand you don't want to feel like you got a handout something that the conversation went on to say is a lot of times celebrity kids will also go on to try to um prove that they're just like everybody else even though they've grown up with an extremely privileged life they'll try to be you know like try to act like everyday people or try not to flaunt as much all of their stuff that they have and I just want to say this because God's going to elevate all of us. You know, there's places he's called us to rooms. He's us in <laughs> why I know why. Okay. We can do the math. Um, cause our story isn't finished. And when you get to wherever it is in your heart, you believe you're supposed to be. I can can I leave you with these words? I want you to not feel like you need to apologize to anybody for it. As I say this to you, I admit this will be one of the most difficult things that I will ever have to do, which is not apologize for gaining a more of a following from any type of elevation God decides to draw to me. Like I love these days right here, but I know one day it could be 15 years from now because I'm not going to stop. Cause I believe I'm supposed to be showing up. And right now this season is all about faithfulness. And so, um, should God elevate me? It will be hard for me not to feel like I need to justify it, but I'm telling you right now, I am fighting to come to that understanding right now. And you do the same when God elevates you, put you, in, don't you shrink. Don't you shrink. We've talked about it with family, how sometimes it'll make, they'll make you feel like you're like 10 years old again. making you feel small. Do not accept that your elevation time, your elevation season is not over. You have more, way more life to live. And I want you to not feel like you need to shrink because God said, I want you here. God said, I want you there. Okay. My last thing I want to do um, is I have a bit of a question that I really would love to get you guys' responses on. I consider the folks watching and my devout listeners on the podcast, i literally be like, wow, y'all really be showing up every week listening. I'd be like, man, y'all really enjoyed it, <laughs> which is cool. You know, you just, it's a blessing. Okay. I, as I've mentioned to you guys, am going to be starting a coaching business. And so right now I'm in the research phase. Um, I transitioned out of research and I started defining the type of services and products that I'm going to be able to offer to really help people see practical results in their life. What I'm not going to leave out of that process is the prayer that I'll have with them. Um, If it's mentoring, whatever it is, we'll see. But I'm working on those things now. I want to ask you, if you're a listener, email me and let me know at hello at ispriscillabee.com. If you're still live here now, I would love for you to respond on this. And then I'm gonna get to these comments. I'd like for you to tell me, um, thinking about your busyness, right? Your everyday life, stuff you have going on. What would be the area where you could see yourself? And if you don't wanna respond, you don't have to reply live. You can totally email me if you want. Message me on Instagram if you want, okay? But what would be that area or um, type of thing you would enjoy most? Here's a couple of options because I've already written out. Here's some things that I think could really help. One is an actual community. So I create a private space For my community, maybe it's on Facebook group. If you want Facebook group, you can say that. Um, Or if it's on like a, a separate online network, would a community be something you're like, absolutely. I would pay monthly for that. That is something I'm interested in as a community. I have, if I do a community, I have already started to think of the things that I would have in this community consistently to where it is worth All of our time. Right. Because we should be getting better if we're in community. We're not just chilling. We are growing. We are leveling up. We are seeing the victories, the people that I would want to come in there and have conversations with us. Like I would love to as a community thrive. I think it would be awesome. But I got to know you guys would want that because it's all about which what can better your life. It's not about me. Another thing would be simply um, devotionals or worksheets and things. Somebody told me the other day, I think it was changing. She was like, you should so develop a, you know, put this on your website, make this a worksheet. And absolutely those type of things. Y'all, I want to get those for free. It's just how it is. But, um, but yeah, would those things work well in your life? Uh, The podcast would not be going on away, even though September 28th. I'm going to take a bit of a break from the podcast and then come back some weeks later um, as everything gets launched and up and going. So I want you to message me or email me. Hey, this is what would be helpful for me. Maybe the podcast is enough for you. Like you're like, look, being with the podcast is bomb. But ever since I went live on Facebook and YouTube with this podcast, Um, I just get more people's ears, but you guys being together is my favorite part. Like us being together, that is my favorite part, right? Now, of course, there's group coaching where we're able to start like a 21-day, a 30-day period together, and I'm group coaching um, and then doing one-on-one coaching um, inside of that as well for the folks who sign up. So those are some things that I'm also considering as well. Um, But right now I'm digging all the way down to the actual program. You know, what is the point A to point Z, right? Not just a bunch of fluff talk. What are the actual actions to walk you through to whatever next level and whatever part of your life you want to see it? And that is what I'm working on now, which is really exciting. All right. uh, Shakira says, I believe he tried to hide. She's talking about Denzel's son. I believe he tried to hide it. His dad came to his graduation. I was there. It was Mother's Day and honey, the camera went on Denzel and all the women sighed collectively. Hard to hide Denzel. Buddy, if he if your daddy is at your graduation, the whole world know he your daddy. There ain't no, there ain't, a, there ain't an interview you could have, okay? There ain't a nothing and a nothing. Well, I thank you guys so much for listening to the Don't Be Useless podcast. We are in the middle of August. Y'all, September is right around the corner. And um, I believe the first Monday of September happens to be a holiday, but I was all, but I would definitely still be here on September 7th. I'm not taking the day off. Well, if I do, it'd be pre-recorded, but you know, you know. Okay. Let's see. Oh, some of the comments are coming in a little bit delayed, and then I'm gonna wrap up. Neva says, it's hard to choose. Those are all great ideas. Probably community and one-on-one coaching. Totally. Shakira says, Pastor B, when you blow up, don't forget us. Never. Never. I'm too loyal for that. We know it's coming. Look. Shoot, we know it's coming for you, Shakira. I love our together time. Me too. Like the community part. Y'all, we be rocking. And I just, I just believe there's just such a togetherness. The community would be really hard for me to pass up, but I'm praying through the season on everything. You know what I really, really want to do? I don't know if I can do it in 2021. It depends on how much the community is strong in that. But I want to do a weekend. I want to do a weekend. And I want the weekend to be, look, All of that. I want to do a weekend and it is anointed. It is practical and it is powerful. That is what I want to do. And that would not just be church. This is women who want to make moves, right? This is mamas who trying to make moves, trying to create mamas and movers. That is, that is it. Okay. That is it. So I would love to do, um, really that type of weekend. Um, so of course, You know, we got to see how everything else goes that I'm able to fund that thing and get that thing going. But I just believe there's just so much um, that can come about that God wants for all of us, right? And you don't think you're so unseased by being here. You better believe you are. You better believe you are. Yes, you are. Uh, Love the idea of community. I would love a weekend. Diane, hey, I would love a weekend. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys know who my leak teal is. I agree with most things she says, except her parenting style and her um, religious beliefs, her faith beliefs of universe stuff, but business and like some practical stuff. She cut people off too easy too. But anyway, she has a lot of great things, but she had this weekend two years ago and it was on a beat. She got her, she got, she owns a company. She got money at another level. And I was like, oh, how I would love to do this. Oh my gosh, where everyone walks away with their life changed and with action steps, spiritual change, but with action steps. Do you hear me? I am just like, I want to see this thing at just a whole nother level, a whole nother level. Gosh, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. So a weekend is, is definitely something I would have to build up to, but I'm um getting all my, all my details together. So now that I've gotten rid of that troll, I think that's my cue. I love you guys dearly. I will see you guys soon. Everyone in discipleships, you guys Wednesday morning at 730, but don't be useless. podcast is here to help you deliver on your vision. Use your God-given gifts and build your confidence. I pray we are doing that. I will see you guys very soon soon. Hmm. All right. Okay. Praise the Lord. Bye guys.